Hey, hey, I'm Chris Bradley, and with over 10 years of experience in the music business, I went from struggling singer-songwriter to a six-figure producer with credits including Sony, Miramax, Lincoln, Warner Chapel PM, Rolling Stone Magazine, and USA Network. And this is the Produce Like a Boss podcast, where we discuss the business, mindset, and strategies it takes to go pro as a musician and songwriter by developing and mastering the skill of music production. If you'd like to learn how to produce, please visit our website at producelikeaboss.com slash workwithme for a plethora of free resources and tutorials to help you learn how to start producing your own music today. This is the Produce Like a Boss podcast. Really quick, before we jump into the show, I just want to take a second and thank our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Slate Digital and the All Access Pass. So many people ask me what's in my tool belt and what are some of the third-party plugins that I go crazy for, and I don't skip a beat. When I say Slate Digital All Access Pass is the cat's pajamas when it comes to producer tools. Now, with this pass, you're going to get access to over $5,000 worth of pro plugins since pro demo sessions in hip-hop, rock, and EDM, and amazing step-by-step walkthroughs with pro producers, easy-to-follow tutorials, and custom samples. And not only that, a lot of their software is modeled off of vintage analog gear that gives your track that pro polish and shine. So head over to producelikeaboss.com slash slate digital and get your first six months for only $9.99 a month. Hey there, friend. Listen, before we get into the episode today, we have a new feature that I'd love to invite you to be a part of. If you visit producelikeaboss.com slash podcast, there is now an option where you can click to send me an audio file. That means you can send me a question. That means you can send me a comment and I may even select it to be live on the show. How freaking cool is that? Also, please don't hesitate to leave us a review. If you are sponging what I'm spilling over here on the P-Lab podcast, podcast, please head over to Apple iTunes and leave a five-star review. This helps us to reach more people. And of course, please send us a screenshot to support at producelikeaboss.com, letting us know you left your review and you will be entered automatically to win a one-on-one business consultation with me. This is where we can go over your music. We can go over your website, whatever you like, boo. Speaking of five-star reviews, I want to take a second and read this one from ALH916. It says, I found Chris's podcast last year on a friend's recommendation. She provides insight and advice for musicians and producers like myself, featuring excellent interviews and timely tips for creating a career. If you want to soak up industry knowledge, you're in the right place. Well, thank you so much. I so appreciate that. And that's exactly what I aim to do. Hey, hey. Okay, so today I'm going to do something a little bit different. I am going to share an interview where I was actually in the interviewee's seat. Is that how you say that word? (laughs) I'm actually being interviewed by Elise Koa from the Musician's Secrets podcast, where we discuss how to turn music production into a career, as well as how to start thinking like a business owner. All right, without any further ado, let's jump in. Do it like a, like a, like a boss. Like a, like a boss. Do it like a, like a, like a boss. Welcome to the Musician's Secrets Podcast. I'm Elise Koa, your host, and I have an amazing guest with me today. She's a singer. She's a producer. She owns two businesses, which is amazing. She has produced like a a boss and uh, and Boom Fox Productions. What a tongue twister. (laughs) (laughs) Boom Fox Productions, and she's been placed on like Sony and... Warner Chapel, Fox, you name it, she's been on there. And I can't 
explain how amazing this woman is. So I'm just going to let her talk and um, welcome Chris Bradley. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. You're making me so nervous. Usually I don't have any problems with introductions, but if you can see how much I'm shaking. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, that was a fabulous introduction. Thank you so uh, much. I'm just so nervous because I, I seriously just respect you so much. And, you know, I just take everything in that you put out there, especially like your podcast is amazing. So just putting it out there. Uh, oh, thank you. Like boss. Um, podcast is very very valuable and you throw in so many nuggets just value bombs really <laughs> and you get amazing guests on there as well so that kind of inspires me to bring my a game so i'm so honored for you to be here that's why i'm shaking so much no thank you i, lo- I absolutely love your energy and even when you reached out about being on the podcast just just the language that you used um yes. made me connect with you instantly it sounds like we've that we share like a similar goal for you know the value we want to bring to our audiences so i'm, I'm glad to be here oh thank you that makes me feel good yeah, don't be nervous I- girl don't be nervous <laughs> I need to be nervous. I'm the one on the podcast. I'm the one being interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, you know, I want to do my best and I want to make sure you're, you feel comfortable and this is like a good experience. Um, and, you know, this is, yeah, but I, this what, that's what reached, I made me reach out because I'm like, we, we have the same goal. We have a different approach of going around it about it. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we want independent musicians to win, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah, we kind of come from a similar background of of like being singer songwriters and then kind of being more or less like formed into this different musician. You go into production. I I went a different route, right? Um, Out of kind of necessity, like you like to say. Um, I love your story. So um, just introduce yourself. Uh, what got you into music and then obviously like into the production side as well because that is a really cool story oh sure so I mean music has been in my life since I was really young Um, my mom had me really young and we lived with my great-grandma for like the first eight years so I grew up with a piano in the house playing like jazz standards and and classical pieces and stuff like that (laughs) nothing nothing as cool as like songwriting you know even then my my great-grandma didn't know anything about songwriting but she's (laughs) like you can learn Glenn Miller and you can learn Bach and Beethoven you know so I was a little bit late of a bloomer to songwriting Um, even as a teenager as I started to dabble around with it I was just really insecure so I didn't really bloom as a songwriter until I got into my 20s. But once I did bloom into it, um, which really just came from realizing I could study the craft and I could get better at it and that it didn't just have to be like, blah, what's going to come out of my brain? Oh, that's it. And if it sucks, then, you know, I'm screwed. No, it was like, okay, this isn't great, but like, how can I get better? And I really kind of began the path of a, a seeker in, in like my mid twenties, you know, whether it was, you know, spirituality or music or whatever. So I go down the rabbit hole of learning how to write great songs, And I get to a place where I'm starting to pitch those songs for opportunities, whether it be for sync or whether it be to pitch to another artist to cut. I mean, I knew I wanted to be behind the scenes. I was really enjoying not necessarily being like an artist, even though I sing too. I just, I really wanted to do the songwriter thing. And, you know, I was, you know, at that point you have to invest in yourself. So I'm hiring producers left and right for demos. And it's like anywhere from like $500 to more, you know, if I'm doing something like, even when I made my own record, I mean, I paid $3,000 for one of my last singles. And so, you know, I'm spending all this money and, um, 
in the midst of all that, by the way, I moved from LA. I'm from LA originally to Nashville because I'm like, I'm going to pursue this songwriting thing, yeah. you know, and I, I get there and I'm now I'm writing even more. I'm yeah. spending all this money on demos and I realize I'm, I'm running out of money. Like I'm writing faster than my bank account can keep up with, you know? And so I, I decided that I'm going to learn how to produce my own music. It was, you know, a, a publisher mentioned it me to me in a meeting once. She goes, well, you know, you should just learn how to produce. And it was like the first time anyone ever even gave me the confidence yeah. that, that was possible yeah. because I knew I had heard of that, that people were doing this from like their laptops and their home studios, but it, it was like, oh, that's not for me. I could never do that. Yeah. So it was almost like I needed this, this permission from an industry professional. She's like, you know, if you just produced your own stuff, you'd be unstoppable. Mm-hmm. And I was like, really? So, you know, I dove into it and, you know, I sucked, I sucked real bad at first, but, you know, I just, I just kept going, even though I'm not super tech savvy. Um, and I found it to be very, very frustrating, you know, but I, I just kept, I just stuck with it until I worked through that. And, um, you know, eventually I was able to demo my own songs and pitch my own songs, which, you know, led to getting some cuts and, you know, some placements. And then um, artists started asking me to, or songwriters started asking me to produce their demos for them. And then publishers came to me in Nashville and they're like, can you do the demos for our writers? So now I like have this demo business where I'm the girl people go to, to demo their songs, which is so ironic because like for so long, I was a songwriter who was paying the producers who didn't have the money. And now here I am charging the big bucks for the demos, you know? Um, and I'm, I'm trying to give you a kind of a shortened version of this, but, yeah. um, so, so then I started, then artists started asking me to produce like their actual records, not just demos to pitch, but like, Hey, I want to release a record and I like your demos. Could you release, uh, could you produce my record? And I'm like, yeah, you know, <laughs> that one thing led to another. And like I said, I, I, you know, like you said, I, I learned to produce kind of out of necessity at first because yeah. I couldn't afford to hire producers, yeah. but then I really just fell in love with it. Um, and, you know, as I was doing it more and more and working with other artists, I kind of naturally started to teach them things. Like as they were at my home studio, I'd be like, Hey, if you would just do this and this, you know, you could just track your vocals at home. And I started just teaching little things and they would say, you know, you should teach this. Like you have a really good way of simplifying it for the songwriter because like whenever producers or engineers tried to explain it to them, they would get that techno babble, like your eyes roll back in your head and you're like, I do not know what you're saying right now. (laughs) You know, Um, which would happen to me when I tried to learn from other producers as well sometimes. So I guess just naturally I found a way to kind of put it into a language that songwriters could understand. And one thing led to another. I read a book called Launch um, that somebody suggested that kind of introduced me to the online course world. And I was like, I'm going to create an online course, you know, and that began a produce like a boss. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, I mean, I have Boom Fox Productions, which was the name of my production company for, for everything I've been doing as a producer. And then Produce Like a Boss started um, right at the end of, of 2019, going into 2020. Uh-huh. And I launched my first course from Voice Memo to Demo, yeah. uh, which is our flagship course, like introduction to basically how to how to produce your music from start to finish. So many of yeah. us have like a voice memo on our phones, right? And we have all these oh, ideas, yeah. right? But they, yeah. they just sit there collecting dust. So I'm like, yeah. I'm going to do a program for songwriters called voice memo to demo where I'm going to show them how to produce their own music. And I really, if I'm being honest, okay, I thought I was going to do this and help my friends and maybe a couple other people would be interested and maybe like, you know, best case scenario, I get more clients as a producer or something. I was like brand recognition, help other people. Cool. I didn't know that it would be like people would really take to it in the way that they did. And now we've, now we've just passed a thousand students and we have so many people that just case studies, testimonials that are like, this changed my life. I get it now. I can produce my own music. I'm getting placements. I'm getting licenses, you know, and, and all that. And some people are are now doing this as a, you know, to supplement their income. It's just crazy. 
So that's kind of where I'm at now. And I'm just really loving like teaching this and paying it, paying it forward to other artists and songwriters. So, yeah. That's so cool because I mean, that's something, you know, I wish I would have had like a couple of years ago because, you know, I also started out as a singer songwriter and then, you know, I mean, I went and studied it, but still like when they brought in producers to teach us songwriters (laughs) how to produce and they exactly, it's what you said is like, they made it super complicated, did it super fast. So I was just like, I just got discouraged after they tried to explain the how to do the EQ or the compression. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like tapped out. I'm like, okay, like if this is like the basics and I'm not even getting those, um, you know, then. You know, what's interesting about that is that, and that's not the, the style of how I teach. I, I think that like, you know, stuffing our brain full of like all this information is what pe- people are tempted to do. Take a Logic 101 class or a Pro Tools 101 class. And, and it's like a lot of people teach in that style where they're going to break down and teach you all these. First of all, there could be an entire course and there could be a whole school on EQ. There could be a yep. whole school on yeah. compression, yep. reverb. All of these things have their own deep dive, right? Mm-hmm. So introducing that alongside of how to arrange and produce and run a DAW, which is yeah. engineering, engineering yeah. aside from producing. I mean, all of that, It's to me, it's like trying to teach someone five different languages at once. right? So my approach is a little bit less, um, you know, it's like, that's like saying, if you need to know how to drive a car that you need to know how to take apart the engine and understand how it works, man, I don't know how my car works. I just get in and put in the key and drive it. So I teach music production from a very similar way where it's like, we don't need to go that deep and all that stuff. And I do teach EQ and compression and all that, but I think not in the same way that Mm-hmm. engineers and producers with a, they place so much importance on that. Like that's the thing that creates a good song yeah. <laughs> and it's not. So I start with the song and, yeah. and I begin with the arrangement. Yeah. And then as those pieces come together, now I'm introducing you to EQ and compression in a way that you understand because it's in context. I'm not trying to go first. You need to learn everything there is about EQ and then compression. Then we get to jump in and play. No, let's get in here. Let's program. Let's put, put a bunch of instruments together and parts together. Let's arrange a song. And then when it doesn't sound good because it's muddy, I'm going to show you why. Yeah. Or when this part gets really loud and then it gets really quiet, I'm going to show you how to even that out. But they have to hear it and see it and feel it first. Yeah. Trying to teach compression to somebody that has like never even programmed like or put a track together. I, I feel it, like it's nearly impossible. I never even opened any DAW program. At that point, I was I've never like yeah. used Logic 10 and I've never to this point ever opened any DAW programs, let yeah. alone Logic. And now they're talking about compression and I'm like. Whoa, 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 what are the, all these buttons? What am I looking at? What am I, yeah. this? and then, oh, and then you can plug in the keys and blah, blah, and I'm like, oh. Well, another thing that I think is something that we don't take advantage of enough is the fact that like, you know, modern technology and AI is getting smarter, better, faster, yeah. right? Yeah. A lot of people yeah. are fighting that, especially old school guys that are still in analog or purists that are like audiophiles. They, they want you to struggle as much as they did sometimes. Yeah. And I hate to say that about my fellow engineers and producers, but some of them don't like to admit that like, you know what, there's a preset for that now. There's a free plugin that actually fixes that problem you used to have to work so hard for. And I'm sorry it was hard for you, but moving forward, it doesn't have to be for this new generation of songwriter artists. And so I like to bring that to everyone's attention. It's like when we're learning EQ, for example, let's jump into this EQ and see what presets they have. Because guess what? There's one that's called acoustic guitar. Hello. (laughs) There's one that's called, you know, warm acoustic. And and I'm not saying that one preset works on all acoustic guitars. No, I would never say that. But 
There's a reason that an award-winning, you know, super techie engineer created that preset. It wasn't made by just anyone. Like it was created by a human, right? A lot of times these are award-winning mix engineers that create these presets. And they're saying, this is what I do. Why not use that as a starting point? It might not be a hundred percent, but if it gets you to 70% and then you can tweak from there, then you're in a much better position than having to understand and know everything about EQ just to even start. No, I I don't, I don't agree with teaching that way because that didn't work for me. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, that you come from a complete, from like a singer songwriter background with no tech experience with like you said, like non-techie way um, to like explain that. And, um, and you could definitely see that in your teaching. And I think that's a huge strong point that you just have a completely different background than someone that just has been producing forever. And that's like the only thing I love to do, right? <laughs> it's just a completely different way of teaching. And I just love how you approach that. Um, but what, I, what really impressed me was obviously you're a really awesome producer, but you have like, you're running two businesses, right? And that, I mean, that takes a skill on its own um, to do that, right? I mean, I'm kind of just diving into that, but you're, you're like in it, you're in the trenches, you've been doing this for a couple of years now. Um, and um, so I want to pick your brain a little bit about that, because like, sure, that is something um, that I think where a lot of musicians <laughs> kind of drift away from or try to kind of avoid a little bit. Um, the business so, side of things. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. Marketing business, you know, all that, the, the fun stuff we like to hear about. <laughs> um, ironically, the more I found out about marketing, the more I started to love it. Uh, but until then I was like, Ugh. same here, same <laughs> here. Keep, keep, uh, keep, keep away. So there's one place where people are the very honest to ask questions and it's not with their family. It's not even with their spouse or their loved ones. Uh, it's Google. <laughs> so <laughs> I went to Google and I found some very interesting questions that would be uh, very interesting for you to answer before we get into like the nitty gritty stuff. Because um, these are like real questions people are asking and I'm quite, sh- well, not shocked because this was me like five years ago. These were my yeah. questions. And now I'm like, you know what? Let's help some <laughs> fellas out. Um, let's do a, a quick lightning round. Um, you can have a simple yes, no answer. I know we could. Oh, a lightning I, round. Yeah. I mean, we could do an entire episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. You, you can take as much time as you want, but I mean, we could do an entire episode just on one question. So, um, we can maybe pick on one question later on, but I thought these were just like very, um, very interesting questions so here's the first one um um, why do no okay this is maybe a little bit hardcore to start off with but um how to make money with beats this is a very yeah often so i mean again we could have an entire episode just on that but just like just off i'll give you i'll give you a concise answer here um, create a catalog of pitchable, placeable beats. Use things like reference tracks so that you know you know you're creating something that the market wants. Don't just make beats you want. Go on Spotify, see what's popular. Go to hip hop. Go to whatever your genre is. Doesn't have to be hip hop. Hip hop, country pop, whatever. Use some reference tracks. Make songs. 
that feel like they could be on a playlist with those songs. Mm. Catalog them. Okay. So now you've got at least 10 to start. Go on websites like BeatStars or Airbits, upload your catalog, make sure you upload all your stems and your uh, as well. So that if somebody wants to get an exclusive license from you, they can. Mm -hmm. And Make your beats available for lease. Price them accordingly. Like look at what other people are pricing their beats for. Don't go in there going, I'm going to charge so much more. or I'm going to charge so much less. Kind of keep in the flow with the marketplace. About 29 yeah. to 49.95 is yeah. a good range for leasing instrumental beats. Mm-hmm. And, there, and that's just the first step. And then I know we want to keep it short. So the second step is release regularly. Okay. And create some marketing around that. And that could be as simple as creating one graphic. Let's say it's your cover art for your beat and then mar- and then pull it into iMovie and then pull in your beat so that that graphic is in the background while your, your song is playing and then upload that to YouTube. Every time you do a new beat, release at least three times a week and you'll start to see sales for beats. Holy cow. Well, I could just end the podcast right here. <laughs> wow. What a lightning round. Okay. Um, is a music production degree worth it? Um, ooh. Oh, I'm going to say I can only speak from personal experience, so yeah. I cannot generalize and speak for other people. Um, but I would say no. I would say that the money that, um, first of all, online courses, you can go, usually they're lifetime access. You can go back over and over again. You can't do that with music school. Once you're gone, you're done. Uh, number one. And, and right. And, um, and I would say that about, most. I would say that about most education and most degrees, to be honest, with the exception of being a doctor or, you know, maybe a lawyer or, or whatever. Um, I, I really think our traditional education system, um, and this is including audio engineering mm-hmm. is uh, a little more dated and number one and number two, you know, from what, where we're going with the new music industry, we have more home studio producers, blossom, They need to know how to create music in their home with the gear that they have, not how to run a patch bay and a big ass board that they're never probably going to touch in their career. Now, if you're planning to go and work in major commercial studios, yes, you need to go and intern and probably might need, need, I wouldn't even say you need to go to music school and get a degree though. I'd say go and intern, you know, and and find a mentor that's working in a commercial studio. Yes. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Yeah, no, that is definitely, I would agree 100%. I mean, this is where the future is going anyway. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what I say, just online courses. Forbes said that by the year 2025, it's going to be like a $1 billion a day. Industry. Oh, it's yeah. It's so, a billion dollar industry. It's already yeah. multi-million. Is it, isn't it in the billion already or no? Uh, it's by 2024. No, I think you're right. Yeah. I'm, I mean, we're quite, I mean, it is growing really fast because that's exactly where the education system is going. You know, yeah. most people don't want to go and study something for four five years and they don't use the degree or whatnot. Right. It's just easy. Right. To- well, and then you get forced to take all these other things that you don't care about that fall into the, you know, like, Oh, I, I want to major in this. So I guess I got to take all this stuff. I mean, we're starting to move into this era of like experts and specialists that are not teaching from a place of knowledge. They're teaching from a place of knowing and experience. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so you can have a teacher all day up there. Like this is how to be a good music producer. That's never had a placement, never had a cut. And you listen to their record and it sounds like crap, right? Or you can even have a teacher teaching you entrepreneurship that's never started a business. It's like, no, we are moving away from that traditional, you know, and and then you the length of time and the price into this whole like, hey, I did this. Here's what worked for me. Let me cut that price down like by, you know, 10 times Yeah, and customize a plan that fits you. I just, I love it. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, why would you rather learn from someone that studied it and never has never done that in their entire life or someone that didn't study, but has been doing it their entire life and actually have experience and know what they're talking about. Right. So I, 
I'd, uh, you know, cut a check to someone that has experience and knows what they're doing way more yeah. than someone who's like, I just kind of like know how to do it, but I've never actually done it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I totally 100% agree. I had to learn this the hard way. I actually studied, but I mean, I don't regret it because I got to meet amazing people and it was a great experience, but um, yeah. You do yeah. Need. If anything, I, I think that's what school really the value that school provides is that like is the experience of networking. Yeah, that's, and, that's you know, I went to music school for a year. I went to MI and did a guitar program in my early 20s. I regret nothing. I mean, I could have learned all that, um, yeah. you know, in books, too. But I mean, the friends that I made, the experiences that I had, that was worth it for sure. Yeah. All right. That's a great answer. Uh, why? And this is I, this is what kind of answered that. Um, shock me a little bit or a question uh why is it hard to be a music producer why is it hard to be a music yeah producer? that was the question is why is it hard to be a music producer you can agree and disagree with questions and oh, okay uh, yeah I, I, think the, the, I think the hardest thing about about music production or being a music producer is understanding what a music producer is Right. Because I think most people don't understand what it is. And there's a lot of confusion um, because the, the roles have changed and evolved over the time, over the years. You know, if you look at someone like Rick Rubin, the man did not play an instrument or never touched a board. He was just in the room. So you got things like a visionary. I think understanding the different kinds of producers will yeah. clarify. It's like, you know, and now we've got these engineer, which is kind of what I encourage the engineer, songwriter, artist, producer who can play every part and record every part and make a record from their own studio, you know, and like, and then you got the, you know, um, and then you've got the, um, the instrument you've got the songwriter producer where like the like Nashville style where it's like they're all about gathering it's all about the song and they gather the musicians and yeah. you know they're kind of a therapist to the artist so I think yeah. what's important is to research you know and understand what the different levels of produce like what kinds of producers are there and what are you looking to become because there's a difference between saying I want to get together and lead a band and and pick out the right instruments um I'm sorry the right uh studio musicians for this project and yeah. orchestrate that whole thing kind of like a you know uh like a manager almost and a yeah, therapist yeah. to the whole project or like, Hey, I want to be a self-empowered musician yeah. and make beats from my bedroom. Yeah. So I, that, that's my answer is I think the hardest thing is understanding what the definition is and how it applies to you and where you want to go with it, because it's too broad these days to say, I want to be a music producer. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And don't let anybody tell, and by the way, you know, yeah. don't let the old school guys who are like, well, that's not being a producer tell you what is and what is not being a producer. I think in the end of the day, for me, the short answer is a producer is a visionary, right? So if you are like, you don't have to be able to, like, yes, I teach people how to produce and record your own music, but yeah. if you, let's just, let's just go into a scenario here. Yeah. If I barely know how to turn on my DAW, but I kind of know how to throw th some things together, right? Yeah. But I can orchestrate and say, you know what? I put this basic track together, um, but I'm going to outsource the drums on this and I'm going to outsource the guitars on this. And then I'm going to yeah. hire a synth player, but I'm telling everybody what my vision is. Yeah. I'm producing. Producing doesn't have to mean doing it yourself as well. And that's another level of producer, right? Wow. You know, you got, you got all these beat makers that are like making beats and putting them up on beat stars. Sure. Yeah. They're producers in their own rights. They're really beat makers though, because if a real, if an artist goes to release that track and decides that they don't 
Like, what are they going to do? And they're not going to work with that beat maker. What they're going to do is they're going to take that beat maker's beat. They're going to say, can I get all your stems? Here's an exclusive license fee. And they're going to go to their producer who's going to take what he wants. He's going to mute what he doesn't want. He's going to incorporate that into something else. Well, now the beat maker's role in that process, he's not the producer. He's the beat maker. Now, if the artist said, hey, beat maker, I really like your beat. I want to lease it. And also, can I come over and will you produce this for me? Yeah. Then he becomes the producer. Yeah. So we'd see how there's, it's not, there's a lot of muddy water. It's just not clear. Yeah. Like, the understanding and demystifying of what it really means. You don't have these clear lines, you know, it's like, okay, when you do this and this and this, then you're this and then this. this. Oh no, not in the music business. <laughs> oh no, not, oh my gosh. Oh it's like gosh, the no. least black and white business ever. And it's, once I stopped trying to get black and white answers to my questions, yeah. I relieved yeah. myself of a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I really, I think that must be so nice. Cause you're just like, you know what? I'm just going to do whatever I love doing and you just make your own damn rules. And the only rule is, does it sound good? Does it yes. sound good? <laughs> Amen to that. Wow. Last question. That is a really short one, but I thought that was also a very interesting one. Are music producers happy? <laughs> that is actually a question. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, I mean, I can't speak for the rest of the world, uh, but I'm pretty happy doing what I'm doing. Yeah. I mean, and this was the explanation underneath this. So this speaks a lot for producers. It says music producers are one of the happiest careers in the U.S. At Career Explorer, we conduct an ongoing safe uh, survey, sorry, with millions of people and ask them how satisfied they are with their career. As it turns out, music producers rate their career happiness 0.4.3 out of five stars, which puts them in the top 1% of careers. Wow. I love that. And that doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, yeah. it's not like asking a postal worker, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, it's like are you happy with what you're doing? Right. I, 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 I could <laughs> yeah. totally see why that would be the case. Yeah. I thought it was very interesting. I would have never figured to ask a question like that, but then I really loved the answer and I'm like, Oh, you know, let's, <laughs> yeah. let's I'll ask a producer the, how happy she is with her job. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled to do to do what I, you know, what I love for a living. <laughs> um, I've, I mean, I've been listening to your podcast. And we also had I had the pleasure to like talk with you previously as well. I'm really like, um, know what you're like, really passionate about. And I mean, through your your podcast, you obviously have this really clear uh, vision and line. It's a lot about mindset. And um you know, also like the technical skills, you're like, okay, like you, like the answer, you could just, uh, how you answer the questions, like, okay, this is step one, do this, step two, do this, you know, <laughs> uh, and that's really how your podcast is, and it's so helpful, and um, just uh, amazing, so what my, you kind of answered it in the previous questions, but to kind of crystal this out a little bit more, um, because you started out as a singer-songwriter, why production, I mean, like you said, you kind of answered it. And why did, do you think that that's like a better way to get into like the business aspect? Cause you like to like mm. the two. Yeah. Um, so why yes. production? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I absolutely love teaching music production and, and, and everything around the technical, uh, you, you know, all the technical know, yeah. things, right. That help people <laughs> get their music out of their head yeah. and into 
Um, but outside of that, I mean, what, what what really lights me up is the why behind it. And that why is that, you know, I believe that we can use music production and the ability to record ourselves and have a home studio as a tool to um, really I, to step into our entrepreneurship as musicians. Because guess what? If you want to make money with your music, you're an entrepreneur, whether you, you know, whether you like it or not. And I feel like a lot of uh, musicians are the only business owners that don't know they're in business, right? Yep. And so um, it's just, I look at what the possibilities were and I've done like a diagram on this and this is inspiring me to get back into doing that. But it's like, you know, you look at what the possibilities are for you to monetize your skills as a songwriter or as an artist, right? And it's like, okay, boom, I got like, you know, performance royalties. I've got, you know, I've got masters, I've got sync placements, you know, it's like, here's all the ways that you can make money. And it's even less if you're just a songwriter and you're not an artist, because now you got to outsource, right? But even as an artist or a songwriter, in order to make all those tracks, look at the overhead you need to bring in there by, by hiring a producer, right? Once, and I can only speak from personal experience, but it's like, I was the songwriter. I was the artist. And it was like, okay, I'm trying to get all these opportunities. And then these little things would happen. Like I get a song in where it's like, okay, I submit it for a brief for a film and TV opportunity. Then I'd hear back and it'd be like, oh my God, we love this. Could you give us a, a version that's just drums and bass? Or could you give us a vocal lower version? Something where I needed to be able to control my damn master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> be able to get my client, right? Or my partner here, what yeah. they need. I didn't have that control. And so not only that, you know, the reaching out to the producer was sometimes a wash. Oh, I don't have that hard drive anymore. Or they just wouldn't get back to me because guess what? Once they took my money, I was no longer a concern to them because no one's going to care about your music as much as you do. Mm -hmm. So I was saying all that to say, it's like, I realized, okay, here's the money, you know, the money that I can make as a songwriter. Here's the money I can make as an artist. But if I'm a producer, it was like, I quadrupled that list mm -hmm. because now I can do anything from doing session work and um, tracking vocals or instruments for other people. I can produce for myself. I can produce a podcast. I can produce custom songs, jingles. I've done kids songs. I've done plays. I've done, you know, and the list goes on and on. So many people are focused on like the big win of like, oh, I want to get a hundred thousand dollar target commercial. Yeah, bro. Me too. Okay. Let's <laughs> keep working. For that. I was, no, no. I love that. Let's go for these big wins. I love yeah. that. But it's like, don't stop there. That's mm -hmm. where I get super like lit up because it's like, if you're so focused on like this big kind of like treasure in the distance you know, of like a record deal or, or this like huge placement, you're missing out on the micro opportunities in the meanwhile. Do you know how many content creators there are? Like that's the world we're stepping into. We were just talking about this. People outside of Fox and Miramax need music too. Okay. We got YouTube creators. We've got podcasters. We've got influencers. There are so many ways to show up and serve an audience as a musician, if you can record and produce yeah. and the stakes are not as high. There's a difference between I'm going to produce this wall of sound rock track banger. That's going to be like a trailer. The, the requirements and, and skill level required for that are so much more <laughs> than if, you know, doing like a custom kid song for somebody or just a custom song. Somebody wants to gift a song to their loved one. That's a thing. Now there's a bunch of businesses popping up around that oh. where you can, yeah, no, they're custom songwriting. Dang. <laughs> oh, and I, I I'm Get actually I'm working on a new course right now called Home Studio Boss, which is going to yeah. be like the master class of 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 my uh of producing a boss. And yeah. I talk about like all these different avenues that you can be making money. And it's like, yeah, it's 500 bucks here, it's 300 bucks here. Ooh, here's a couple thousand here. Yeah. 
that's actually a very sustainable. I mean, I was able to take my production business to a six figure business doing a bunch of jobs like this. And I'm in no way a household name. I am not Beyonce big, but you know, another thing that I I see with musicians is that they're waiting to be Beyonce big and they're staying broke in the meanwhile. And it's like, baby, it ain't Beyonce big or broke. Like let's go, (laughs) like, let's learn how to record and produce. Even if you don't go like down the rabbit hole and become this like master engineer producer, if you can track your vocals, you can be a session vocalist from your home. Yeah. That makes sense. Like a total, I mean, for a long time, I would say that was like 60 to 70% of my income. No longer now, because I have different businesses and stuff. Yeah. But for a long time, like just doing vocals was my bread and butter. And every time I sat down to do a vocal, okay, lead backgrounds, ad libs, it would take me maybe a couple hours yeah. and I would make anywhere from 200 to $500. Wow. And, and more if it was like a, a sync or a label project. But like that yeah. was just for basic, like, hey, I'm Joe, you know, Smith, and I need a singer to sing on my demo. Yeah. Hey, I'm Amanda Sampson and I need a, you know, a kid song written for my book, you know, stuff yeah. like that. So I went on a tangent there, but that's why, that's why yeah. music production for me is a tool to yeah. step into the entrepreneur that you can be as a musician. Yeah. I mean, the, the question would be, why not be a producer, right? Yeah, it's like I- the same thing. Like people were like, oh, what are you going to do with a music degree? I'm like, okay, what do you listen to when you're in the grocery store? What do you listen to when your friends are around? <laughs> what do you listen to when you're working out or, you know, doing yoga or meditation? Guess what? There's music. <laughs> so music. I'm like, and you're telling me what I'm going to do with a freaking music degree, you know? And the better question is why not be a producer, right? It's, and you answer that really well. And what I love, what you also address in, um, in your podcast, but also in your content that you put out there, um, which you kind of touched upon a little bit is you don't have to be the best person. Like we, like we musicians go this all or nothing. I'm this broke musician or I'm the next Beyonce. Right. And yeah. you just said like, there's so <laughs> much space in the middle. Um, like, again, we're like growing into this like online stuff and everyone needs music. Everyone wants music. And so there's so much money to make in the middle. And like you said, you're not that household name, but you've already worked with amazing big companies just being you, you know, you're like, oh, I'm not the next Beyonce. So, um, so here's the question is, why does talent not equal success? And why do you not have to be the best to start making money? Because ta- talent, in, in my opinion, is extremely overrated. And it actually spoils us because when you're talented, but first of all, that's something you're born with. Okay. Talented is something that like God gave to you. Like you were, you came into this world with it. You know, for example, I could harmonize before I knew what harmony was as a kid. I just, I came into this world singing. Okay. Wow. I'm not proud of that. You know why? Because I didn't earn that. What's more important is skills and implementation and what you do, right? There are a lot of people that weren't born with any natural talent that worked their butt off to achieve success. And I think you actually value that more because you have the skin in the game and it wasn't, you weren't spoiled by it. Um, And just to give you an example of how talent spoils you, have you ever had something where you're really good at it, like naturally, like you're a fast learner and then you go to do something and you're not good at it and you immediately throw your hands up in the yard. Well, I can't do this. It's just too hard. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, did you really put the time in? Now, people that aren't naturally talented never think that way. Their mindset, it's totally different. Yeah. People that don't think that way go, oh, this is hard. Okay. I'm going to have to put some work in. And they, you yeah. know, but when you're used to it, like, and I'll tell you right now, like I was always like, 
I would always get things quick as like a kid, right? Go into a new yeah. job and they go, oh, you're such a smart, you're a fast learner. And I always took so much pride in that. I was like, oh, I'm so talented. <laughs> no, it is, it is not good because when you step into a, a situation that requires effort, yeah. you go, ah, it's too hard, right? So yeah. that's why I don't think that, that talent equals success. I think hard work, I think persistence, I think skill and implementation equals sex, uh, success. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this podcast is going in a direction I had no idea we were going to go. was the best blooper I've literally <laughs> ever had. So we're if you edit it out, just send me that part because I need I, that for my life. In my life. <laughs> Oh my dear gosh. Okay. Oh my God. This is my favorite. Mo- oh my God. That's going to be the trailer be like, guess what? We talked about my podcast today. <laughs> by the way, you guys, Elise told me she, she goes, she goes, oh, by the way, we don't curse on this podcast. I'm like, no problem. I'm just gonna, I'm just going to drop a sexy bomb right in the middle. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I love it. Another- Another thing though, that I think, I think that people mistake that like value with hard work as well. And unfortunately that's not the case because if it was, you know, it's, if you think about like Henry Ford and you think of the motor company and you think of who makes the most money, it's not the mechanics. It's not the people building the cars, breaking their, their backs, you know, working 50 hours a week and getting the most dirt and, you know, grime under their nails. That's just, it's just not how it works, right? Value equals success. Who can provide the most value? And, and, you know, it it might not seem fair even, but you know, that's just how it goes. Right. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, um, also like Tony Robbins, he talks about that a lot. He's like, that's at the end of the day, like we're, we're, we're all born equally as in humans, but he says the people that make more money uh, are the people that add more value, right? So, cause mm-hmm. he said, and this is, this was a slap in the face for me. Is like your bank account equals the amount of value you're adding. And I'm like, oh, right. okay. That, okay. Was, that was a big one for me too. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, if it, 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 it basically boils down to this, like even think and grow rich talks about it. And it's like, yeah. if you like the, like your wealth and your value is, is literally equal to how many lives you change, how many people lives you enhance and how many people you help. Yeah. And that could be like, you know, you might be as a musician, you might change hundreds of thousands of lives with a record that you make yeah. and that's okay too. But you know, I just, for me, something switched in my brain and it's, it's interesting to not to go on a side tangent here, but whenever as an artist, I would try to do like a content video or try to do social media, something always felt off. Like even when I did a, like, if I tried to do like a music video and like look sexily at like the camera and act <laughs> to sell my song, like something was disconnected for me and it always felt yeah. uncomfortable. I had a lot of anxiety around it. Yeah. Um, I was like, gosh, that's why I'm not meant to be an artist. I'm just too uncomfortable. No, I think that was just the universe's way of like gently guiding me to like where I was supposed to be. Um, Mm -hmm. And because the second I started showing up to, to teach all of a sudden, I'm not camera shy anymore. Like what happened there? Like people are like, Oh, on camera. I'm like, how, how did that happen? And it's because it's so not about me. It's so not about me. It's like, I just like, I get into a flow that unlike any other place I, that I've never had with myself as a, as an artist musician, which is fine. You know, I'm actually more, um, I feel more fulfilled on this end, um, on teaching than, than I ever had as an artist. So. 
Awesome. Yeah, it's like it's usually when you you know, when you're fearful or if you're not like have that anxiety, it's usually because you're thinking about you and not because mm-hmm. you're thinking about the people you're serving. You know, hundred percent. Again, Tony Robbins bomb right there, but um, hundred percent. What, what he talks about is like you know that's why he has so much drive and so much passion because. He rolled up on stage in a freaking wheelchair because he wouldn't, you know, quit. He's like, you know what? I need to serve these people. I need to change those lives. And even though he was like, he, you know, he went to the hospital like afterwards, but he's like, right now, I have these couple of hours, I need to save this, like serve these people. I need to change their lives. And he went up there with the wheelchair. And, you know, he's like, as soon as, you know, that fear creeps in, it's usually because we're selfish people and we're like, but I don't know how to produce. And I don't know, uh, I feel like an imposter or, you know, all these excuses that we usually come up with is because of me. I don't feel, mm-hmm. I feel inadequate. I feel, I don't feel good enough to serve this group of people. I'm not smart enough. I don't have a degree in that, you know, all these excuses are usually. Yeah. Because of me. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And it's like the second we make it, that's the other thing too, is like the second we make it about service, it's amazing how much shifts. And I don't think musicians realize how much this applies to them. So, I mean, I know that I'm using an example of like, for me, how it, 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 it uh, manifested as a, as a teacher these days. Right. And that just happens to be what's lighting me up right now. But like, you know, it, it this applies in your career as a musician, okay? It's your fans that you're there to serve. If you're wanting to get your music into film and TV, um, it's also the fans, and but it's like the viewers, but it's also the supervisor, right? It's also the yeah. writer, the director, and guess what? Yeah. It's the film. So yeah. many people want to get their music into film and TV and they don't understand yeah. why this song doesn't fit in this thing. And it's like, okay, you're thinking about you and your music and what you want. You're not thinking about what this show needs. And that also brings me um, just kind of into this other point, which is that, you know, a lot of stuff that is working is simple for a reason. And it's because like, for example, you know, if you have a scene happening in a movie, like they can't have that lyric being like, so unless it's like a focal point, right. Where like, where it's like the lyric is driving it. But most of the time your music is a piece that supports right? And so simplicity is actually better. Same thing for beat makers. You're making beats. It's so tempting to go, I want to show all the talent that I have because that's what I want to do because I work so hard. I, I, me, me, me. And then you make this beat that's slamming. It's your freaking masterpiece and no one wants to lease it because you didn't leave room for the vocalist. Oh, and then I'll talk to these beat makers and they're like, dude, the simplest beat I made that I was like, oh, this is garbage. This is trash. I made it in an hour. Girl, Girlfriend, I've had beats like that where I made the beat in an hour and I'm like, I'll just put this out there. And it leases for the most times for the most amount of money because someone's like, oh, this, this is, this serves me. Like there's room for me on this. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, just like getting back to what you're saying, like when we show up in, in, in an act, in a, in a mindset and in a state of serving other people, you cannot help but succeed. Mm -hmm. Musician, entrepreneur, anything. Yeah. Awesome. I agree. Yeah, that that shifted completely for me as well, where I'm like, oh, my gosh, duh. <laughs> it's not about <laughs> me. Like, it, it seems so obvious, but like, it took me forever to figure this out that, you know, I don't like performing solo on stage. I don't. I prefer having a band around. And even then, I'm not much of a performer. I'm more of the background person. You know, I'm more the person that likes to be, you know, more in the background and like figuring stuff out and being like, okay, then how can I figure out this? And, you know, um, you know, Mary Forlero, I just got her book that says um, everything is figure outable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it comes back to what you said is, 
when you're just born with that talent, you you just do it, right? But if you're, you know, having to work for it and you're like, you know, let me figure this out before I quit and like just give it, give it all up, right? We, we have a different mindset of that. Um, and that kind of changed everything for me. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. When I started Boom Fox Productions, which was kind of this beautiful accident, it was just happening. I was already being, well, what happened is first I was doing things as Chris Bradley and I realized I was starting to do projects that weren't necessarily me as like an artist. And I was like, okay, I need like a producer name. I need like a company name. And it was Boom Fox Productions, but it was like, okay, like people would reach out and go, oh, could you do this? Like this guy reached out. Can you do a bunch of kids songs for this play? And I was like, oh, I'd never done that before. He's like, I need you to hire voiceover actors and actually do all the voiceover. And I went, let me figure that out. How can I serve this person? And guess what? Like that job was like an over $20,000 job between all the custom songwriting and the producing and like getting voiceover. And, and, you know, like that was the biggest job I had booked to that date, you know, when that happened and it kind of just sat there and I went, Whoa, like I get it now. Like I'm running a business. This isn't just like, let me put like my music out there and just like do whatever I want and see if you know, who wants it. It's like, yeah, it was a little bit more strategic than that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's not to say that there won't be that person that puts out just what they want and that they won't have success, but yeah. that's not like what's, what's necessarily worked for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's not Same. the point that I can speak to. And, and I really don't feel like any, that selfishness ever wins truly, you know, yeah. not in the long run anyway, not in the long run, no. you know, Mm-mm. no. Um, I have one last question. Cause I know I'm, you know, uh, don't, I want to value your, your time and uh, make sure that, you know, we get everything in here. But um, I like what, what really stood out to me, because this is something that I had to learn the hard way, <laughs> was <laughs> like you already mentioned this more towards the beginning of the podcast is musicians are the only people that don't know we're in business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be a lot the of, the only know. business owners that don't know they have a business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. And I'm like, again, that was another mind changer um, that got me then into marketing and all that stuff. So for the last question is, why is marketing so important for us musicians, um, singers, songwriters, producers, whatever you're doing within the music space? Why is is marketing so freaking important? You know, there's this this saying that I don't know if I'm butchering it, but I think it's like, if a tree falls in the forest and there's no one there to hear it, did it make a sound? Mm-hmm. For years and years and years, I went, oh, you know, I'm just going to, like, I, you, we have the whole, like, Kevin Cosner dream, uh, field of dreams, you know, if you build it, they will come. Yes. Oh, my and, God. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I just think that that that's a myth. Like you, you know, and, and where people drop the ball is they think like that it's all about the art and that good art should just rise. And they don't realize that like the marketing is not just equally as important. It's actually more important. And I hate to say that as a yeah. musician because it feels so devaluing, but it's like, yeah. it's also think about your, let's put our egos in check. You know, it's like, oh, we're so hurt that our art isn't enough, but it's like, you know, McDonald's, for example, that is not the best cheeseburger, my friends, but you know what? The best cheeseburger you've ever had in your life. I'll tell you right now, mine is at the pharmacy in Nashville, in East Nashville. It's called the pharmacy. I don't know what they made, like what witchcraft they have going on in that kitchen, but it's the best burger I've ever had. I'll tell you right now, 
a very, very small percentage of people know about the pharmacy and everybody knows about McDonald's and that burger is nothing in comparison. So it's like, if that example doesn't show you right there what the power of marketing is, then I don't know what will. Mm -hmm. And the fact of the matter is, is like, you've got to get eyeballs on you. You have to create awareness, right? And and you have to have a message, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that needs to all be spread through marketing. And, and and not only that, and I'll just say one more thing to that. Like we are alive in a day and age, like thank God, where it's like it is easier now than ever. You want a TV show? Okay, start one on YouTube. Yes. You want to be a radio host? Okay, start a podcast. Start no a one podcast. is robbing you, right? You exactly. want to be a rock star? Okay, release a record. You want to produce your, you, you want to get your song produced? Okay, learn how to do it yourself. Literally, nothing is standing in our way. You used to have to pay marketing agencies and you know digital marketing agencies or regular marketing agencies, PR firms and all that to get your message out into the world. Guess what? We have social media and it's freaking free. So if any part of you ever wants to complain about the marketing, oh, I don't like to market. I just want to, I want to challenge you to look inside yourself and go, am I being a little princessy right now? (laughs) That goes for my gentleman too. No, seriously. It's like, how can we look at this in a different way where we go instead of, I have to learn marketing. I get to market. Yeah, I get to market and I don't have to spend thousands of dollars a month for some firm to do it for me that doesn't actually have my best interest at mind that I'm just another number two because the power is in my hands yeah and look at it as a privilege Mm -hmm. because it is so it is so important Mm -hmm. no I totally agree I just had to learn it the hard way (laughs) yeah I was and I can I say the princess thing because I was the princess for so long I was like oh man I'm just gonna make music so good it's not gonna matter and I hate social media and I hate marketing and all it did was slow me down Yep. And I would be so much further if I had learned to fall in love with marketing, which is yes. what I've done in the last two years. I fell, yeah. I fell in love yeah. with it instead of making it this demon that it's like, oh, I just want to be the artist, which is such a bratty for me, a bratty, yeah. you know, it's like, I just want to do this. And I think, every, yeah. you know, that everybody else should do everything else. And it's like, here's the thing. You're going to put yourself in a situation that's going, first of all, even if you, let's say you're a kick-ass artist, right? Yeah. And you don't want to do everything yourself. And so, and let's say you have a lot of money and you can afford a team right? Mm -hmm. If you don't actually learn how to do these things, you will not delegate them well, number one. And number two, nobody, when it comes to marketing, nobody is going to care and nobody knows your voice, your brand, your message, or your business the same way that you do. And that's not to say like at this point, I've built a team and I have a great assistant who I have just up leveled to a marketing position because she's been in my company for, for almost two years now and she gets it like she's in it and she gets the voice of the brand and everything. Yeah. Um, but like, that's not something you're just going to get like hiring a freelancer on Fiverr, like, yeah. like, like learn how to market. Like it's so important, you yeah. know? Yeah. And then when you learn these things, then you can delegate and outsource and say, I want to use a digital market agent and agency, but like, you know, even I, I'll stop rambling, but yeah, no, I, I work with a digital marketing agency. And like, when we get together for our calls and we're planning everything, they're like, like, they know I'm going to show up and I know my shit, like, yeah. you know, and there, and there goes my, my word. I'm sorry. Like they know, they know I'm going to show up and be like, okay, here's where we're going. Here's what we're targeting. Here's what we're doing because I have this vision. Yeah. Um, but they've told me, they're like, we have clients that are just like, I don't know, help me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My guys are not cheap. Mm-hmm. So it's like, do you want to be the person that goes in helpless with no plan and goes, no, you do it. That's called throwing money at a problem to make it go away. Yeah. That is like yeah. the worst thing you can do as an entrepreneur, right? Exactly. Like you do, you do need to understand this stuff and learn this stuff. And then if you decide to work, you know, with a company that can help increase your marketing, you know how to participate in that as the yeah. CEO of your business. <laughs> 
Uh, I love what Russell Bruns Brunson says since we already brought up the, su the sex subject. Um, he says, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, marketing is like outsourcing your sex life. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't do it. Like you would stupid to do that. You know, I think it's, I mean, it's a funny analogy, but it's so true. It's exactly what you said. If, if you know your stuff, then you'll get results so much faster, even if you have to outsource, uh, outsource like parts of it. Or if you do have like a company, you're like, okay, you know what? I want this and this and this and this and this, and you go do it. Right. It has a completely different use save time first of all right yeah and um and i, I just thought it was like the and then let them out. come with their expertise and go oh yes. okay i see what yes. you did there let me improve upon that because exactly. you're gonna get so much more bang for your buck if mm -hmm. somebody is improving on what you bring to the table yeah. and i've noticed that too because sometimes i'll be like oh i need an email written and i'll ask someone on the team can you write this for me yeah. and then they will and it's it's good i have an amazing team but you know when it's better is when i write the email first and i go here's the basics of what i need can you take that and just make that a little bit better Oh, there it is. It's like, yeah. you know, improving on as opposed yeah. to, oh, I guess I'll figure out what's in your brain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> it, it, it makes absolute sense, you know? And uh, so again, like these are a lot of value bombs in here. I hope everyone that's been listening is taking notes or you just replay it another 20 times. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff in here. Like literally, if I just had this one podcast, uh, just like, Five years ago, I would have saved myself so much time, so much money. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just knowing Thank about, you. you know, marketing and stuff like that and knowing that you're a business, like as soon as you're trying to make money, your business, it doesn't matter if you're selling socks, if you're selling a guitar or having an online business or selling beats, I don't care what the heck you're selling. But as soon as you want to make some money, guess what? Congratulations. You're a business or an entrepreneur. <laughs> right. <laughs> I always think like too, it's like, you don't see any other business owner, like just like haphazardly like, oh, I want to like, I, I love to cook for people. I think I'll just like stand on the corner and hand out sandwiches and ask yeah. people for money. It's like, no, they, 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 they take the steps. They're like, okay, what would it take to open a restaurant? Like, yeah, and then how would exactly. I, you know, and then take it from there. Yeah. So no, yeah. it, it kind of is, like you said, it's a little bit heart stabbing because we want the music to kind of speak for itself and want to be this magical thing that when we put it out there, it will just kind of do it's you know just and you can and that's the thing is like you your music can but it's like yeah. that's like saying i'm gonna show up in the you know the grand old opry and get up on that stage and i'm just gonna belt my heart out and give the most compelling performance of my life yeah. and, and and not understand why it didn't have an impact when nobody was in the room <laughs> yeah that's the best analogy Yes. You have to get people into the room. So wouldn't yeah. you say if like, yeah. let's say that your career, your art is your performance on the stage and the room being full is marketing. Wouldn't you yeah. say that it's kind of just as important, if not more important, that there's actually butts in the seats? <laughs> yes. Perfect. <laughs> let's end it there. That was, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to use that analogy from now on because that is like perfect. I mean, I already like the McDonald's one, but like this one is... <laughs> You know, <laughs> this thank is like you. the cherry on top. So um, thank you so, so much for being on here for actually quite a while and uh, just dropping all these value bombs. Um, you've mentioned your online courses in the beginning and what you're doing. So um, where can people find you? What are your next projects coming up? Go for it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so um, Produce Like a Boss is is the brand. So it's Produce yeah. Like a Boss, you know, uh, at Produce Like a Boss on uh 
on Instagram and um, Facebook.com slash producingaboss, producingaboss.com. And um, if you if you if you come over to our website, you'll see all we've got a bunch of free trainings, and then we've also got paid courses. It's a songwriting course. There's a course on you know intro course on how to produce. There's a course on beat making for songwriters, which we've talked about here for a little bit. And um, what I'm really 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 excited about right now is a new course I'm working on called Home Studio Boss, which releases in August of 2021. And that is going to be combining the, you know, the two from voice memo to demo is really all about getting started, like learning, like how to produce, right? Home studio boss is going to teach you how to make pitchable, placeable, profitable music and how to run a home studio a business, a business from your home studio, which means yeah. learning things like system SOPs. You know, we've got to have systems and operations. We've got to learn how to delegate. I'm going to show yeah. you how to hire an assistant to help take things off your plate and also how to manage your projects um, and get a little nerdy with it. You know, yeah. I, I, I don't know if anyone else nerds out on spreadsheets oh. now. I'm half kidding. <laughs> But seriously, like, you know, people, what happens is at first you're like, oh, I just wish I could get some work. And then you start getting work and you're like, I can't manage all these projects. So we do touch on, on project management, but as well as like correspondence, you know, like, how are we going to get clients? How do we set our pricing? And when we do get clients, what are the types of emails we should be sending back and forth and what is delivery protocol? So, you know, this is getting into the business side of things, but I'm also going to teach you how to make some badass music as well. So that one's called home studio boss and that's just homestudioboss.com. Yeah. Awesome. I can't wait for that project to come out because I mean, I buy a lot of online courses uh, from like $7 up to like 3000. <laughs> so I get a, you know, every time I went, I mentioned like online course to my husband, he's got, oh, okay, which one, is this <laughs> you know, that's like the level of, I've bought so many different courses. And um, what um, I love about y- yours that is coming up is that you're kind of marrying those two projects together that um, takes the production side and the business side is like, okay, this is how you produce. And then here's how you make money. And then that's where it's like interesting because usually you have one or the other. Um, So far, what I've seen is here's the production course or here's the home studio course and here's the business course, right? And so I'm excited for that one to come out in August because the way that I'm understanding it is these two are coming together and you don't have to do one or the other. You can actually do both. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. And I, and just to add to that, like I felt the same way where I've seen courses like for one or the other, and I feel like they're so interchangeable because we need to be talking about like things that uh, tie in back into the DAW and into the production and, and the quality of the songs you're creating as well, which yeah. ties into, you know, creating a brand that's solid enough to actually monetize. So yeah. I felt like if I had just done like a business course, um, that it would have just not provided the most value. I feel like those two just go hand in hand and you're basically going to get like my journey, everything I did that worked and minus all the stuff that I did that didn't work and made it take longer and get it in this, con, you know, this condensed version that's going to be just really easy to understand from top to bottom, like how to make pitchable, placeable, profitable music and how to run a business. Yeah. Perfect. Oh my gosh. Can't wait. So that's coming out in August Yeah, um, in a couple of months. And so everyone keep an eye on out on that uh, again produce like a boss on everywhere uh instagram everything also check out the podcast because if you love this inter- uh, this episode she's going to blow your mind with her podcast as well because she drops a lot of value bombs in those as well so again thank you so much for your time thank you so much for being on here um i've gotten less nervous now so i've, I've stopped <laughs> thinking, but i'm really warm now <laughs> <laughs> my pleasure thanks for having me Well, I hope you got a lot of value out of today's show. I certainly had a blast sitting down and chatting with Elise. She is the sweetest, sweetest um, interviewer I've ever had. (laughs) I'm going to take us out with a song that I wrote, sang, and produced on. It's called Crumble. And I did this in partnership with Don Candiani Productions and Warner Chapel PM. 
It's a demolition The way you break me down Didn't need ammunition To tear my walls to the ground I don't mind coming, I don't mind coming I don't mind coming and done I don't mind coming, I don't mind coming and done It's a sweet mix but a deadly desire Addicted to the flame, keeps me playing with the fire Weak knees shaking like I'm on a high wire Don't let me tumble In your hands, baby, I just saw Slipping through the cracks but a love will fall Like a high-rise hit with a wrecking ball I crumble It's a detonation Say my name It's gonna be a devastation If I keep playing your game I don't mind coming, I don't mind coming I don't mind coming, I'm done I don't mind coming, I don't mind coming I don't mind coming, I'm done It's a sweet face but a deadly desire Addicted to the flame, keeps me playing with the fire Weak me shaking like I'm on a high wire Don't let me tumble In your hands, baby, I dissolve Slipping through the cracks, but a love will fall Like a high-rise hit with a wrecking ball I crumble I crumble Oh You break me down So I'm yours now You know you got me coming You got me coming You got me coming and done You know you got me coming You got me coming You got me coming and done It's a sweet face but a deadly desire Addicted to the flame Keeps the flame with the fire Leave me shaking like I'm on a highway